0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast. And now, here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started.
1: Hey, Joseph. Thank you for the introduction. Glad to be with you here, kind of in person, right? In virtual person.
0: I know, right? You know, we seriously need a studio.
1: We do need a studio and we need a budget so we can go.
0: And, you know, if we get a studio, then you could actually be sitting like across from me and you could actually have an actual microphone.
1: Yeah, we could actually go train your dog for the litter training, for example, or train other things. It would be a blast, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay, so here's a spoiler alert. We're working on putting together either a van or bus so we can go all over the country doing training adventures with friends and colleagues. Without a doubt, we'll have to come to your area. Are you Long Beach or San Diego? I'm in the
0: middle between Long Beach and San Diego. I'm no in wonder I, I was confused. Area.
1: Okay. Well, Joseph, the next thing I wanted to talk about was working with multiple species. What that was like, what you know, why it's good to do what's a problem with it, what you have to be careful of. And good on you because you've already gone out and worked with several different species, right? Uh-huh. So you were just doing something with a capybara.
0: I could even send you the list of the species I am working with.
1: Well, just go ahead and tell us right now.
0: (laughs) Let me pull up that list. Okay. Kangaroos, hakas, East African crown crane, capybara, African crested porcupine, six-banded armadillos, to a fairy they Uh slaws, southern ground hornbills, sugar gliders, hedgehogs, toucan, fennec foxes, and red-footed tortoises.
1: Wow, that's very good. And
0: an African spurred tortoise.
1: That is outstanding. Is there any one of them that is particularly dumb? No. Is there any one of them that's obviously smarter than the rest of them?
0: I think they're all smart in their own way.
1: I think you're right. I think you're right. I found that all animals learn at approximately the same rate of speed. Doesn't matter if it's a dolphin or a chicken. And people will make assumptions. Oh, dolphins are so smart. Well, they are smart, but so is a chicken. They're smart in their own ways. It's They're all smart in their own yeah. ways. For example
0: Like I'm smart in my ways, you're smart in your ways.
1: Exactly. I needed your help to make this podcast. So even though I'm smart, I can't do everything. And that's the same way with the animals. So And of
0: course I'm the high tech person over here.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so when it comes to working multiple species of animals, it's a really good way to intensify your understanding of learning theory because if you only know learning theory as it applies to dogs, you might not really understand how learning happens because birds are going to look and act differently. And lions will look and act differently. You'll have different problems. You'll have different things that are easier. You need broad experience to really understand the overall art of training, education, learning, teaching. But there are other reasons. And I love to teach dog trainers with horses and horse trainers with dogs. And one of the reasons for that is that as uh, Emily Feldman Barrett writes in her books, How We Dis How We Construct Emotions, I think is the name of it, she says that by the time you're 35 years old, 95% of your actions are conditioned that something happens, you don't even think about it, you just flow into a response. So One way where we see that, and it kind of scares us sometimes, we'll get home and we won't remember anything on the trip home. We just arrive home. We drove automatically. Now, when you're trying to study learning theory and you're learning at a, a, you're watching an animal that you think you understand, it is very hard to keep your attention and focus. You really tend to zone out. But when you're watching a different kind of animal work, it is much easier to really focus and therefore to learn. Also, if you're learning with a new kind of animal, you're not going to have so much cognitive dissonance. You're not going to see it go, oh, That's not the right way. She's not doing eight trials of everything. Because if you study learning theory, a lot of people will tell you, you need to do eight trials successfully of one step before you change anything. I never do that. So if somebody came to watch me and they had that expectation, they would just quit watching me because in their mind, I'd already shown that I didn't understand it and they might miss something, they might miss a lot. Okay, so we wanna switch species to make it easier to learn. Now it's also easier to see sometimes. What are some species that you find it particularly difficult to keep up with them while they're learning? See, yeah, I've only done more of the animal care stuff.
0: I haven't really done any training.
1: Okay, so let me help you out with this. Uh, have you ever watched meerkats?
0: Or Once or twice.
1: Civets or squirrels or chipmunks or mice. These are little animals that dart around really quickly. You have to be so fast and on the money to be there at the right time with your bridges, even with your targets. They'll come in dart into a target, dart away again. You don't have time to bridge them because you simply, your skill level is not up there yet. I don't mean you in particular, I mean a trainer. But when you watch a horse work or a cow or a rhino They move very deliberately. Their bodies are large. Their faces are large. You can often see them even though the trainer is standing right in front of them. Ask me how I know. And so they're easier to learn when you observe them. So just imagine trying to watch a mouse training session versus watching a rhino training session.
0: It's probably going to be there's probably going to be similarities but some differences because one's a bigger animal yeah, and then the other one's a tiny little
1: fast animal. little rascally uh-huh. animal. Yeah, and they're going to like different food. They're going to take different. Im- okay, here's one thing. I had a trained rat. She was very smart but uh, she didn't want to eat her food. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me. She wanted to store it. So she'd do something right. She'd grab her food. Then she'd run into her nest and store the food. Then she'd run out again, do another behavior, run into her nest and store the food. Now the food was these big rat biscuits, way bigger than you should use for training. So what I started doing is just taking them out of the bed. So you know, because at any point she could go there and eat all her biscuits. And that was the end of the training session. And I started giving her little treats using a syringe to deliver a little tiny bit of peanut butter or something like that. So, but I never even imagined that an animal would rather get food to store it than to eat it. And that I had to change things strategically to change that in order to be able to train. So once we observe all these animals, as you mentioned, the learning is pretty much the same. It happens at the same rate. A lot of animals can learn a lot of language, a lot of concepts, a lot of tasks. They learn very quickly and they all can become collaborators. My chickens used to come knock on the door They wanted to come in and they liked to stand on my feet when I walked around. Who knew, right? But they really liked to do that. They understood over a hundred words. Then I ran out of things I knew to tell them at that stage of my development. They would get into a pot of water to be washed. A cool pot of water, not a hot pot. And they did an entire Wild West chicken show taking their cues from one another and like the trainer a human didn't have to be in there at all they were just as fast and just as intelligent in their own way as the dolphins and monkeys that i worked with but even though there's a lot of things that are the same there are critical differences so we mentioned the speed the metabolic speed the travel speed the eating speed of animals can be a real challenge A sea lion is a lot faster than a tortoise, for example. How about perception? Let's talk about ways that perception really impacts training. For one thing, you have perception differences because of biology. So there's a guy named Emmy Bitterman. And he studied uh, all these little animals like goldfish and other fish and bees and spiders and all this stuff. And he could teach them all. It was really interesting, the research that he did. But he got to frogs. And these frogs are sitting in the water, staring straight ahead, and they're putting targets in front of them. And the t- frogs were untrainable. They wouldn't do anything. And all of a sudden, somebody thought about the fact that maybe the frog appeared to be looking out into space, but he wasn't. And they started trying things like moving the water. Turns out the frogs were, even though their faces were, you know, aimed at the sky and they're sitting there looking, They were actually listening to pressure on their lateral lines. They could feel subtle motion changes in the water. And that told them where to go and where to leave, you know, where to go to and where to leave. When they started using water cues, all of a sudden the frogs were just as trainable as all the other animals. Have you seen places where you definitely know that an animal has a different mode of perception that makes it different to work with that animal? I feel like I've seen that at SeaWorld, but I
0: can't pinpoint.
1: Okay. So who's somebody that's very visually acute? How about a bird?
0: I yeah, have birds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, what they can see is truly amazing. But then you get an animal like a pig and it doesn't have good eyesight. But they have other things, they have a very good sense of smell and they're very smart. And so you don't see a, a difference in the ability of the animals to live and all that. But they do have perception differences. So we talk about biological perception differences, like is this animal acoustically oriented or olfactorily oriented or visually oriented, but also you have environmental perception challenges. So with working with horses, if you start to walk a horse out of a barn, a lot of times they'll pull up short. They need to take a minute to let their eyes adjust to the difference in the light. Same thing if you ask them to walk into water, especially if the water's muddy, it looks different in the water where they can't see in the water and so they don't want to do that so readily. But that's also a problem for marine mammals. So one of the things we did when training marine mammals is to always double up the cues. We had an acoustic cue and a visual cue because If you gave only visual cues, another animal might pop up in the way of, in the line of sight of the animal that you're working with. And all of a sudden, they can't complete their behavior from no fault of their own. If you give an acoustic cue, maybe another animal splashes your animal with water and they couldn't hear it. So when you double up the cues, they had two chances to perceive what you were trying to say to them. Nonetheless, if you were going to teach a backwards flip to a sea lion, you could do the whole thing in two and a half weeks, but the one inch of that animal going through the air-water interface would be the hardest part of the whole behavior to teach. It would take me longer to get a smooth targeting through that air-water interface and back in with that, that animal trying to flip. So he's coming out, so his, his throat, is face...
0: Hey fans, are you enjoying Training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.